Blog Talk Radio. Oh, I love it when she says that. It it lets yeah. us know that we've arrived. Jamie, we've arrived. We have. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> a pleasant voice. I, I feel like she's giving direction someplace. <laughs> she is. She's pointing everybody to us. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, and my other host, Jamie Allman. Hi, Jamie. Hello, everybody. How are you? I think they're all fine out there because yeah. you're here. Oh, yes. I love your Santa mug. Santa. I'm inviting Santa in. You know what I've always wanted to do in December? I wanted to date a guy named Nick. <laughs> <laughs> just, for, just for December. Just for December. <laughs> Nick or Nicholas, I guess. Uh, yeah. I actually, actually if, if you date a guy who's St. Nicholas, hey. You're dating a saint. <laughs> right? Right, exactly. I don't want a big fat belly and a big beard though. That's the only problem. I want him to be you want one or you want I don't I don't want him to be a jelly belly with a big beard, you know? Oh right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would not be yeah. So for you What what about for me? Well, for you that would not be no. I no, would imagine. No, no, some, no wrong match. <laughs> or chiseled look, you know. <laughs> it's such a sweetheart. Well, it's really good to see you. I I gotta tell you, I I can't believe that it was a week ago that we did our episode. That's a long oh, time, Jamie. Yes, I know. It seemed like it was. It flew by though the, the show. I'm glad. I hope people liked it. They you know, did. I just yeah. think that we need to do more. I think that in order for us. To really have fun with this, we got to get our mojo on. I think that we need people like knocking on the door saying, "We want more." <laughs> so, I know, yeah, <laughs> you right. So, right. we need we need the best distribution for this for this episode, for the last episode. Get it out there, blast it out there, make it all happen. And and I think one of the ways that we could do that today is, you know, one of the things that we've teamed up to do is. To tell people what to think about. Like we're big thinkers. We got a lot that we think about. And you know, it's it's the Merry Christmas season. And you know, Jamie, so many people are thinking that it's canceled. Oh, I know. It's not canceled. I mean the way things are going right now, I mean, first of all, uh Fauci Fauci was wrong to begin with, even about Thanksgiving. He said it was gonna be some super spreader event. Everybody's out flying around. It, it 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 actually did not turn out to be a super spreader event. There's no known quantifiable increase in cases. There have been some increases in deaths, and we had death tolls, but those aren't attributable by any standard yes. to uh, to Thanksgiving gatherings or to uh, the coronavirus. Well, yeah, or, or to the virus. Well, let's put it this way. The flu numbers for right now are almost at zero. The flu, flu death numbers? Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Uh, they were almost right. at zero. What magically uh, happened? Before. What magically happened to the flu? Can you tell me? Well, what magically happened to any cause of death? Because every cause of death is down. So, and, and, and you know what? In April, every cause of death was down. Those two months that featured some of the highest numbers of so-called COVID cases happen to be coinciding with 
the lowest numbers of even every type of death in the country, which means that that there must be some lucky thing about April and lucky thing about November right. where people just don't die of cancer. They don't well, die of car accidents. Right. They don't die of cardiac arrest, but they only die of COVID-19. Yeah. Right. Make any sense. right. No, it doesn't. All black and white. So I actually saw a nurse on TV who was very upset, who was saying, you know, in the hospital, she said, I had two patients. They died of gunshots. They were murdered. They died of gunshots. I was forced to put something else on their death certificate. I object to this. You know, yeah. It's like, what are we going to do? Well, just even the numbers, though, the numbers just don't bear it out. And when you have two months that had the highest COVID-19 cases and deaths coincide with two months of the lowest types of deaths of every kind of death, you know you have a problem there. So then Fauci comes out there and tells us all uh, not to uh, celebrate Christmas, whatever. You know, I can't believe these people. And I, I, I guess for some reason it seems to me, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will have to tell you that there's this, there's this effort on the part of many of these government people to separate us from our very fundamental ways of life. Very Sometimes much so. it's separating it's keeping us away from church, all oh. that kind of stuff. We talked about that last week. Yep. And now they want to keep us away from our most venerated, loving, lovely holidays. Yeah. And I, I can't figure out what would be their dastardly reason for that, other than just simply to keep everybody on edge. And to make sure everybody takes the vaccine, even though they say, even if you take the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. So Bingo. none of it makes any sense. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I'm so glad that you say all that because I get tired of seeing me say all that. <clears throat> but oh, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Here's the other thing. Oh, people tell me all the time, but Deb, you don't understand because I follow the science. Now, I don't ask people this, but... I defy most people to describe to me the scientific method. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? Okay, well, you have a hypothesis. And then you have a way in which you're going to investigate that hypothesis. Is it the hypothesis or is it the null? And they're like, what do you mean? I know. It gets confusing. But tell me what science is there that says you must social distance and stay six feet apart so that you don't get the spray if somebody's contagious. And you have to wear a mask. Well, nothing comes through the mask, so why do I have to stay six feet apart? Well, just because. Oh, okay. Why is it that I can go to a restaurant, but I have to leave there, and they have to shut down at 10 p.m.? Does the coronavirus come out at 10.01? Yeah, right. And, And tell me, when I go to a restaurant, and it's outdoor dining only, I'm not sure how that works, especially now that there's tents and heaters. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and they don't close grocery stores. so Or uh, just, or tattoo parlors. Right. Or right. liquor I don't want stores. To close, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, the scientists, it's funny how, I do have to tell you, it's kind of funny. I don't need to get into the weeds here or cause any real consternation among some folks. But yeah. if you think about all the people who are talking about how much they love science, yeah. And then suddenly we say, well, guess what? Do you know it's a baby in the womb that science tells you that that, 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 that fetus 
that you call just a blob has actually a heartbeat. It's a human being. Yeah. Well, no, uh, it's not. It, you, you know, we, you know, and again, I, 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 I applaud them for all of their dexterity and their Olympian ways in which they uh, stress the truth and, and talk about science, whatever else. But the calisthenics don't make any sense right. when you actually pin them down and say, we follow the science. They go, well, until the science tells you, for instance, it's a, it's a baby in the yeah, womb. Right. And then all bets are off. All bets are off. That's right. It's kind of crazy. Well, it is crazy, Jamie. And here's what I don't understand. I grew up thinking that the world was a beautiful place and America was a place that's free and we all had rights and freedoms and all this. And now I see on the news that there will be nothing allowed on Twitter or Facebook that is anything about any negativity about the vaccinations. Yeah. It'll be deleted. And maybe your account will be closed. Well, there was a nurse in Tennessee that took the vaccine on live on camera. Um, And then about Well, 10 minutes later, she fainted. She had a headache. And uh, all of the people I've talked to in the medical community, uh, and and, and one is a nurse, and she said, people don't People don't faint 10 minutes after getting a shot unless they're having an adverse effect to the shot. There are people who actually have a thing about getting shots, and it makes them faint. But normally when they they faint, when they get the shot, they don't faint 10 minutes after getting the shot. So there was a guy, a doctor, it's still online, like it's on the, uh, it's on the, television station's website where they actually did the live event. But there was a doctor who uh, tweeted out the video of her fainting. Oh, my. And Twitter suspended his account. They suspended the account. They want absolutely no hesitation about this vaccination. Everybody will cooperate. I defy you to find that video on any social media account anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or anything else. You can find it on the, on the, on the actual television station's website. But if, if you try to look on Twitter, it will not be there. Now, again, uh, I don't know why she fainted. She claims that she had some thing where she faints a lot, and that's fine. But, but the, the issue should be out there. The questions should be asked. And if the answers are there, then that's fine, too. But what these people don't want is they don't want any kind of exposure at all of any of this kind of information. It, same thing goes for information about Hunter Biden in China and all these other things. Or, or they just right. and, and at the same time, back in the day, they allowed just unfettered uh, talk of Russia collusion and the Ukraine call and. Uh, the 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 steel dossier. It was all over the internet. In fact, it's still out there. You couldn't get you can't get away from it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's crazy. And again, the one thing I had to say about social media and uh, for Twitter and for Instagram, these places. I mean, listen, they are and Facebook. They are private companies. I get it. Google is a is a private company. And I don't want the government always telling private companies what to do. Right. And so I, I, I'm, not, I'm on the fence about all the regulation. But here's the thing that people need to remember, that 
these folks get special dispensation when it comes to lawsuits. They've got this rule 230 that is imposed and allowed to them by the government that uh, prevents them from being sued for libel or slander or anything really? else. They can be, they've, got a, they've, got a, they've got an exemption. My feeling is that if you have an exemption yeah. like that, and, and the exemption is given to you by the government, yeah. then you're beholden to what the government tells you. It's kind of like when, when we make the argument, and, and you know this because you're a Catholic, so some people in Catholic schools always want some kind of tax credit. Yeah. Not all, but they want a tax credit for their tuition. Yeah. But I always say, be careful, though, because the minute you start getting a tax credit from the government. You're no longer separating. Right. They're going to start dictating right. what your curriculum is, or they're going to start telling you what to do. So if you want autonomy as a Catholic school, don't go to the government for any kind of favors. Well, similarly, if Facebook and all these other social media organizations uh, want true autonomy, which I think they should have, yeah. uh, then they ought to be truly autonomous. But instead, they've got coverage from the government that keeps them from being like anybody else, including you and me. And that's the reason why there's so much consternation about this is because they're being given so, such, a, such, a, such freedoms uh, and they're covered by the government, and yet they're still keeping other freedoms out. And that's the big deal about it. It is a huge big deal about it. You know, I've looked at the other social media platforms like Parler, and yeah. I, you know, it's like, really? I, yeah, Parler is like Twitter, I think, right? Um, it kind of feels and, like that. Like I do a Facebook show on Radio Free Almond, and um, I can't do a Facebook, I can't do a show like I do on Facebook or YouTube for that matter. I can't do that on Parler. No. So, right. I mean, you can converse, and a lot of people do that, and I, I get it, but um, there are a lot of things on these platforms that um, I can do that I couldn't do on some of these other platforms people are suggesting moving to. I don't really like moving. Yeah. No. I. You've got I, all I, your I, content. You've got yeah. all your, you know, following. I mean... I want, listen, I write thank you notes to Facebook on Facebook and say, Facebook, thank you for doing this. Thank you. By the way, Facebook, you know, thank you for the memories thing that you do. Remember when you used to be able to put, um, post like three to five pictures on your Facebook page and they would turn it into a little video with music for you? Yeah. I love that. What did they do with that? I think they still do it. I don't know. Occasionally I'll get something like that, but. You know, it's funny though. We keep we keep talking about this rule two thirty that allows them to do this, and they've held hearings and everything else in the U.S. Senate. And uh, I don't know what they're waiting for. They could they could do this in a second. The government can 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 tell them to behave in one second. Pardon me. The government could tell them to behave, and they would have to. Yeah, but the government could say we're not going to do this for you anymore unless you do this and this and this, or we're just going to just yank it summarily and you're on your own uh i don't know why they can't do that they, they keep on having these hearings and doing all this kind of stuff but they never actually do anything i don't well, understand it maybe maybe i'm starting to think this you know there are people who like to come out and talk but they never do anything it's showboating right. and so okay we have nothing to do today i know let's drag mark zuckerberg back in here 
And, right. you know, he's good for, like, 11 hours. Yeah. Let's rake right. him over the yeah. calls, and then, you know, he'll give us a check. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you're right. These guys all are more than happy to go ahead and be spanked publicly. Yeah. As long as nothing happens to them. Right. They just kind of, like, get out there, and then everybody hates Mark Zuckerberg, and then uh, he's still writing checks to the politicians' campaigns. You're absolutely right. It's kind of crazy. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't hate Mark Zuckerberg. I don't, I don't hate the guy, either of the guys of social media, the, yeah. the, the guy from Twitter, you know, he's not exactly my cup of tea, but I might be seeing him like, it's sort of like when you, when you see somebody's mugshot, you know, they got a DUI and you go, oh my God, they, you know, like what a felon. And then, you know, then you realize that he's drunk and tired and then you see him in another picture and he looks like a normal human being. So I don't know. I don't know what these guys are really like, but what I do know is that they've invented platforms that are amazing, that have literally changed the world. And if I could develop a platform like Facebook, you would think I would be kinder and gentler. But you know what? I don't know what I would be like if I rose to that level of success and influence. I might just decide, you know, I don't like what you're saying over there. So we're going to create some guidelines. Well, keep in mind, though, too, that, that and I, I agree with you, because I think, I think uh, in the American way is if you don't like Google, then make another one. Exactly. If you don't like Facebook, then make another one. If you don't like Twitter, then make another one. I've never felt like Facebook or Twitter owe me a platform. I've never felt that way. They don't. That's uh, right. And, and, or YouTube, for that matter. They, they have their brand. They have their place. And they don't owe me a platform. So I'm actually very thankful for it. Uh, But again, I I, I have to say that I think if they want to play on a completely autonomous playing field, they ought to be completely autonomous. Otherwise, they're going to have people questioning their brand. It's not good for their brand in general to have people leaving it because they shut them out. And and, and because they can't explain why they get special dispensation from the government and yet still quash citizens' messages. Yeah. But I want to tell you that I think had it not been for Facebook or Twitter, yeah. the message about Donald J. Trump wouldn't have been able to get out. I think I think they're actually regretting that they were as open as they were. I think that's part of this also, yeah. is that they were like, okay, we're not going to let that happen again. Right, you right. I mean? Because yeah. social media was a big engine in, the, uh, in, 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 in President Trump's movement. Keep in mind, He's a president that uses Twitter like Roosevelt used the fireside chat. Yeah, it was and amazing. Twitter's been like Twitter's been amazing. The fact that he could use it. I know some people don't like it when he does. I still understand that. But uh, but you know, I think it's it, it, I think it's incredible. And so Twitter, without Twitter, half the time we would have been able to hear the truth from our president because right. the, the news media wasn't going to tell us what the truth was. Right. Right. So, thankfully, thanks for Tim Dorsey, even though he looks a little, you know, meth-heady sometimes. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, keep your platform up there. You know, I like it that you said that these platforms don't owe us anything. They are free. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't pay anything. You know, I mean, I've run ads on Facebook occasionally, but for all the years that I've been on there, I mean, it's not a membership. 
there's no, I mean, you know, do I, do I like it that they put these sensor things on there? No, but I also like it that if somebody's really doing something hateful and evil, you can alert them and they do something. And by the way, part of the way that they were able to keep communities safe this last year with all this destruction around the country is you would contact them or the police already knew through people's Facebook pages because intelligence is is searching the social media platforms. If people were posting things like, you know, we're going to riot, we're going to rip the town down. Oh, well, thanks yeah. for the heads up. What time? Yeah, I know. You know, I, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for uh, people like MySpace, you know. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or AOL. It's like they're, they're kind of like the guys. They're, like, they're kind of like the baseball players who did steroids but then didn't hit. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's, it's like MySpace must be thinking, what did we do wrong? Like, like whatever happened to AOL? You know, I mean, exactly. how could it be possible that such things progressed in this country the way it did technologically, right. and AOL wound up wound up losing their brand? And MySpace wound up being the laughing stock and going by the wayside. How do they do that? How do they do that? I remember joining AOL. It was you could either join AOL or Prodigy. And my friends who joined Prodigy said, "Well, they deliver groceries." And I was like, "What do you mean they deliver groceries? Yeah, you order them online. What do you mean you order them online? Yeah, you order them online." So I joined AOL, and Steve Case used to write us all notes. It was like, you go to AOL, and there's Steve Case, and he's written you out. Whoa! You could write back and forth with him. He would answer because, what, there were a few hundred people on there. I was one of them. I still have my AOL account. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm stunned by it. It's like, what the heck? I can't believe it. I've got it. You know, I'm still set up there. So it's all kind of amazing. And I look at this, and I think to myself, having a website it's great, but building the website the way that you can build on social media, here, I don't care what anybody says. Even if you know how to work WordPress, there is nothing about a website that's as easy to post to as it is to come to your social media channel. And if I go to my website, it's just me. I want to see everybody else who's out there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like who lands on your timeline? Although I do have to say, this is kind of interesting. Tell me what you think of this. If you come and you land on my timeline, it's it's my virtual living room, basically. And so I'm open for the public, but if you land on my timeline, I want you to behave yourself. I don't want you to bully anybody, chide anybody, start fights, call people names, or harass me at all. So I actually, <laughs> I don't hide people unless they're so horrible would I do and I or block people which I've done this year quite a bit of uh, yeah uh, I'm gonna unfollow you if you don't get it then I'm gonna unfriend you and block you so I've had people who I know and I really love they've been important to me and they they land on my timeline and I have I end up right there on the timeline saying because I figure out a role model it look you're in my virtual living room. If you're going to show up here and do this, then I'd prefer that you not be here. But if you have a disagreement, I expect you to be civil about it and genteel about it. 
And if you can't do that, then don't come back. Right, right. People well, what's, huh? Yeah, what's, what's crazy, though, is that I, I think over the past year or so, it's been very interesting because it used to be that one of the big complaints about the social media things is that people would say things they would never say to anybody's face. Yes. And so they type out and they type all this kind of stuff out and they say things they never say to anybody's face. But I will tell you that over the past six months or maybe even eight coinciding with the whole pandemic and everything else, now um, people actually say anything they want to to anybody's face, which I find really actually pretty interesting. I now think- people just don't have any kind of gauge or thermostat at all yeah like they'll walk up to people and start telling yeah. them what to do or yeah. what they're doing wrong or yeah. whatever i'm like what the heck yeah no filter no boundary yeah it's like hey I mean, you know what we're in real life now we're not on the facebook page right exactly exactly but, but it's transferred over now into regular uh, society where people are like uh, judging people openly about what they're doing, what they're buying, what they're wearing on their face. I might, I might actually never leave my home again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's cozy in here. I don't have anybody yelling at me in here. Yeah, but you do notice that there are, there is there are people still. Even if you just look out your window, you know, just mind their own business and going about their business and, and, and going to the grocery store, or whatever else. But it just seems to me that everybody seems to be watching each other. I know. Oh, and, and, let me tell you um, this. The day before Thanksgiving, I'm at the grocery. Little neighborhood grocery. The only one that I go to because I don't want to go into these big box places. I'm not a fan. I don't need to buy like 48 rolls of toilet paper at a time, you know, or 12 boxes of Kleenex. So I go into my little grocery and I'm standing in line and there's this really cute gal in front of me and she's got her son with her. And I mean, they are loaded up. They got two grocery carts and they've got all kinds of food and alcohol. And you could tell that they're having a gathering. And I said, Oh, I am so happy to be behind you in line. And she goes, what? And I said, you're celebrating. And she said, oh, but it's just family. I mean, we're not having anybody else in. And I said, oh, my darling woman, please. I am not with the government. I'm not a snitch. I am literally happy with you for having this circle of people. I don't care who it is, family or otherwise. Right, right. Celebrate. Right, right. I mean, I I, I agree, but I think that's the paranoia. Now people are even, even if you're in the... uh, 15 items or less, you're thinking somebody's watching you to see if they, you have 17 items, you know. Yeah, right. So be careful. It's gotten to be a snitchy kind of an environment. What do we do about that, Jamie? Well, and that's, that's where that whole, you know, let's, that's where sometimes these social media outlets have become snitch outlets. So, like, you know what the Nextdoor app is? I do. Okay, well, that used to be one where people used to, like, warn people about crime and uh, traffic jams and maybe some, you know, some aberration in the neighborhood or whatever, just a heads up. They're constructing a new building over here, blah, blah, And And through the whole panic thing, uh, the Nextdoor app became a snitch outlet. 
where everybody was going on and just crabbing each other or telling somebody uh, about the playground that actually is being used when it shouldn't be. And it really became a really negative place. So sometimes these things can become uh, a little bit misused, not, not, not the intention that they originally had. I'll tell you what, here's the opposite of that. So good friends of mine, Joy and Roy Martina, who are European, he's a, he's a Rubian originally. He's a physician, holistic physician. She's a, a psychologist, British, beautiful accent. And she's on this platform, so I'm trying to get the both of them on here because they're amazing. And she's got a thing called the Joy Tribe. And so on Facebook, you go to the Joy Tribe, and it's joyful stuff, and She's got an 11-year-old daughter, Grace, and so Grace and Joy come together, and they launch the Joyful Kids, and it's this whole program. So I'm on there. I go there every morning because it's uplifting. I see something beautiful and wonderful and fun, and they have a post on there. I invite you to take a look at it and all of our listeners, and it's called I Am the Light, and it's all these children And they're walking through some beautiful piece of nature that's completely open. And they land at a lake or the ocean. And they sing, I'm the light. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is like a seven-minute thing. And it's beautiful. And it made me remember. I wanted to take that. I'm I'm posting it all over the place. I want to take that to Congress. I want to to play it for them. I want to play it in a big hologram over over New York Times Square or wherever we've got people gathering and remind everybody our children are the light. You know what? We need a second one. And we add to it all the elderly that are captured right now. And we say, I am the light and they are the wisdom. And we we start embracing the two extremes of our population. And we in the middle lead that message because we're not embracing the, 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 the grace and the wisdom of our elders. I'm, I'm very concerned that what is happening is we're saying that our elders need to be vaccinated. Well, the truth is in order to survive that injection, you really do need to be durable. Oh yeah. So. Yes. And and, and plus, you can't have any, you know, significant allergies, whatever that means. I will tell you, though, to to your point about that Facebook page, I think that's interesting uh, because I I think that, and and to your point about that Facebook page and about all that we take in through our social media or or, or you talk about your timeline or all the things that we put up with on a regular daily basis. And it's not that we have to not put up with them and therefore then argue with people about them, but we do have choices that we can make. And, and uh, one of the really compelling mass readings from Advent Sunday, last Sunday, Gaudete yeah. Sunday, was the Thessalonians uh, reading, which uh, St. Paul, which talked uh, a letter to the Thessalonians, which talked uh, about um, uh, pray always and pray outwardly and everything else, but uh, keep what is good. And uh, the priest who did the homily uh, at at my my church uh, kind of compared that to the show that is on Netflix. There's some show on Netflix that's a 
home show of some sort that uh, that helps you reduce clutter in your life. Ah, yeah. And so and so he said this 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 shows um, taught people that uh, you take a bunch of stuff around your house that you don't that when you're trying to clean your house and yeah. get rid of your clutter. Yeah. And you hold hold something in your hand. And if what you hold in your hand makes you feel good and blessed and gives you good memories, then you keep it. Yeah. If you take the other thing that you hold in your hand and it does, it gives you no feeling, no nothing like that, then you pitch it. Yeah. And it's a really easy way to unclutter your house. Similarly, as St. Paul's letter said, yeah. uh, one of the best ways to unclutter your life and bring yourself closer to God yeah. is to uh, keep and retain what is good yeah. and unretain or avoid the bad. I love that. Which is hard to do in this society, obviously, when you turn on the news or when you open up Facebook and you have everybody here or there or Twitter or whatever. Right. But it's possible that sometimes you can you can uh, come up with this new kind of isolation. It's not an isolation from people in general or society or even reality for that matter, but isolation from people who basically uh, give you bad vibes and are chaotic, toxic people or toxic messengers and that kind of thing. Now, of course, there are certain people, and the priest even said this, like you know, sometimes you know your kids give you trouble, and then, but those aren't those aren't things you can cast out of your life, just so you know. Um, but 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 nonetheless, but but to but to utilize and approach your life that way, um, with, and it's not a selfish existence because after all, it's about what brings you closer to Christ in that sense. And I'm not trying to get all Jesusy with people here. I am trying to say there are very basic common sense approaches to life, sometimes even in the Bible. Yeah. And you don't have to sit there and take it that they're preaching to you, but but if you take those basic principles of holding on to what is good. Yes, yes. And and and, and casting out the bad, uh, sometimes your life can be better. But I don't think we do enough of that. I love that. And as a matter of fact, if you go on to and I do this every time I go on to my social media I hold on to the things that I like that are good, and I delete the things that are not. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want anybody landing in my space and feeling icky. Right, oh yeah. Right? And so when it comes to, I mean, I've had a lifelong practice of every every month I'm going through things routinely, but every month I make a concerted effort to look around and decide what can get pitched. Right. Because there's always stuff that lands, you know, you don't need it. Like, what are you keeping all those for? You don't need to do that. They're not going to serve a purpose. You know, you just get lazy. But with everything in our life, if we really want to keep the fresh air blowing in and out the windows, you know, we got to open the window, let the air blow through, make it lovely. Yeah. Well, as as much as I say that, the thing is, I'm, I'm probably more apt to take the advice of St. Paul than I am of that person on Netflix, because for whatever reason, I can't get rid of anything. I mean, everything <laughs> is special to me for some reason. So well, um, I have a bunch of clutter. I mean, I, there's, there might be some little pin or pendant or something. I think, Oh, I love that. It's like, what could you do? You know, I just, I just, there's a lot of things that I hold on to like that. So I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm the uncluttering type. 
Well, when it comes to things like that, but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a material goods kind of guy, but I will. There are a lot of things that I have sitting around that I save. I save all kinds of stuff. All right. Well, listen, you can look at my environment here and see that I'm not exactly streamlined. I mean, I've got stuff. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I think. If what you've got is a lot of stuff and it all means something to you and you think it's cluttered in your home, then you need a bigger home. People downsize all the time and it's the opposite of what we should do as we get older. As we get older, you should upsize because you've got more accumulated and if you have family, you want your kids to come back and stay with you and bring their grandkids with them and stay with you. And as you get older, people get lonely. Well, come on over to my place. You can stay with me. I'm getting lonely too. So this idea of downsizing, getting rid of things, what are you talking about? Upsize. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, yeah. And and, and so I I think there there are, um, there, there are some practical applications to, I think, what St. Paul did, I think, in life. It helps you. But the other stuff I couldn't do, I think you're right about that. And plus, I always think I'm going to hang it someplace. Or yes. Or the wall. Or, or and it's put a, it in a memory. memory it's a memory. People yeah. are throwing away their memories. I know. You know what's funny? Because I'm the youngest of six, and it was interesting because – you know, my grandma passed away a long time ago, and my grandma was this amazing woman, and she was this amazing, soft, strong, feminine icon, you know, in the family. So she was, she could wear pearls and a beautiful dress and entertain for grand, my grandpa, who was the World Council YMCA director, and they lived in, in Switzerland and everything else, really? and she could do that. And she also could make the meanest rhubarb pie around. She, in fact, <laughs> cut off her forefinger uh, tilling in her garden. Ow. So she's that kind of German. You know? Wow. So she was perfect. But uh, so, so those kinds of things associated with her are always very special to me. And I'm the youngest of six, but for whatever reason, when she died, um, no one wanted any of her linens or any of her aprons or no. any of that kind of stuff. Are you kidding? I'll take them. Yeah. I like, I'll take like a, uh, I, I, I still have my mom's, my mom's old waffle iron for crying out loud. Yeah. I'll yes. take any of that stuff. Because, oh, because, Well, my, my brothers and sisters, God love them. They all want the big stuff. You know, they want the, they want the classic piece of furniture or whatever else. I'll just, I'll take the aprons. I, you know, I and then one of the, one of the, fun things I did was that I had this apron sitting around and it still had little stains on it. And I gave it to my oldest daughter as a as a as a little gift to her, you know. And she loves it, everything else. And it, it mean meant more than than any kind of table or expensive right. walnut credenza could could mean to anybody. Right. right. So I yeah. So I keep I keep that stuff all over the place. So when my father passed away, I got all of his neckties. He was a great businessman. He had a fabulous array of neckties. And guess what I do? I have them all hanging in my closet so I get to see my dad every day. And I also, I wear them as belts. They make a really oh, cute wow. belt for a girl. Yeah, you yeah. push them around your waist and tie them, put a real groovy knot on it, kind of a little bow thing. And yeah. so I like to repurpose things. And then my mom and I, there were a couple of things that were like sweaters of his that were marvelous and we were never going to wear them. So I didn't cut them apart or anything. I like would button them up and tuck the sleeves around the back in a, in a knot and put them on a pillow. So like a a square pillow 
and you and you dress it in the sweater, and it's a wonderful remembrance, you know. I remember when Dad used to sit in that chair. Yeah, there's the sweater. And it's, I, love- I do too. And, yeah. you know, people talk about get rid of everything. Wait a second. When we, move, when we move elderly people into memory centers at assisted living nursing homes, they're always, their loved ones are always instructed, bring photos, bring music, bring things that are going to elicit memories for them. Well, to me, that's almost cruel, you know, because you're having them remember and they can't have anything anymore. Right. The point is, right. what we really ought to do is keep our things with us to remind us. I mean, I've got things in my homes that are from when I was born, and I remember them from being a little tiny girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. It keeps our brain intact. So tell me, speaking of memories and traditions, what are your practices for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Well, um, I had the privilege of this year uh, because my mom actually is, she's not an assisted living, she's 92 and she lives in a, um, uh, a, 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 I guess a series of uh, homes, like little, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a place where they, they have, you know, they have a little pool thing in the kitchen and a pool thing in the shower if you need help, otherwise you're living on your own. Cool. You know? Okay. Um, but she's been isolated quite a bit, and yeah. and and my mom this this year for her ninety turning ninety two has been really difficult for her. Oh uh, she you know she is all about her bridge club, which isn't there anymore. All about her book club, which isn't there anymore. I would get her you know semi season tickets to baseball games that she actually didn't wasn't able to attend this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, church she doesn't go to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the of the groupings and all that kind of stuff, right. and so uh, similarly, then we didn't have a big Thanksgiving, so she wasn't able to have a big Thanksgiving. Oh and this time around, she's not able to have a big Christmas. So um, I have the privilege of being able to, because every Christmas Eve, my mom makes oyster stew. It was yeah. a tradition going back to New England, um, where she grew up in Massachusetts, and so. Uh, we've had oyster stew probably for the entirety of my life every Christmas Eve. Yeah, I love it. She's been around. It's yeah. oyster stew. So um, she makes oyster stew and these wonderful little popovers. I love she's popovers. Just, yeah, she makes some. She makes some really great popovers. My, my mom and, too. And, yeah, and so we're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna do that with her by myself Aww. on uh, Christmas Eve. It's gonna be fantastic. Aww. And. Um, and then with Christmas morning, it's going to be with the kids and everything else. And so we're, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a typical um, Christmas morning. But uh, but Christmas Eve has always been always a real magical time for me. It's why I, it's why I actually have uh, my home is basically uh, my my yard is littered with uh, plastic lighted Santas and a plastic lighted uh, uh, nativity scene. And I've got the rooftop Santa with the sleigh and the plastic-lighted uh, plastic lighted reindeer. Oh, God. And so I've, I've got pretty much every – I've had people go to thrift shops and places like that and try to buy me um, plastic-lighted Santas. <laughs> and every time they come, I go, I already have that one. So I think I have every plastic-lighted <laughs> animal on the planet. 
And a lot of that comes from uh, at Christmas Eve, we used to we used to go out to my grandma's house, where we uh, where one of our uncles would play Santa, whatever else. Yeah. So um, my my uh, our route would go through a lot of these neighborhoods. For instance, in Overland. Yeah. Uh, and St. John, you know, all through through North North County and North County. And for whatever reason, that was where you saw a lot of these plastic lighted Santas and ornaments and, uh, and, and, and nativity scenes and rooftop Santas and everything else. And I remember when I was a kid being, I loved them so much. We didn't, we didn't have them in our house. We had some lights on the bushes and that kind of thing, but we didn't ever have the plastic light things. It was, I, I think maybe where, where I was living, it was considered too gauche at the time. <laughs> I don't know, but I, but I loved it. Oh, so, God. um, so I was determined, I guess maybe it was instilled in me while during that time, I was determined that, you know, someday when I have my own house, I'm going to have all those things all over it. You are hilarious. And this day I do. I've been, I've just been collecting them my entire life. And so uh, it all comes into the life uh, lawn. So I always tell, you know, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a white lights neighborhood. You know what I mean? Okay. Like everybody only has white lights on their outside their houses. And there I am with all my Hoosier stuff, which I love, you know. <laughs> I tell people I'm the neighborhood Hoosier. So. You're the disruptor. Uh, well, Jamie yeah, yeah. Allman, the end of our show. Well, I want to, are you going to have a chance to be able to tell me what your traditions are? No, you have to wait till next week. And we've got to reschedule okay. so that we can meet next week and we'll do a show. I will catch up with you on the back side of this. How does that sound? Okay, sounds good. And now, yeah. hang on with me here for a second. Friends, this is your host, Jamie Allman and Dr. Deb Carlin. Good friends in uh, crime on being influencers here with uh, Jamie Allman in the house. Till next right time. On. Peace out. Merry Christmas. <laughs>